Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hey, 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 I'm back. You never left, hopefully. This is a unprecedented double issue of Wednesday Locked On NFL podcast. We did the first, well, the bottom. We did 32 up to 16 on the first show, and then I ran out of space. That's a long story. I explained it on the first show. Um, But we are going to do 15 through 1 now. I am Matt Williamson. I hope you know that by now. We are brought to you by SeatGeek, and I will tell you a little bit more about them here in the very near future. Uh, They are a great sponsor, and they're doing wonderful things. I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, The... I guess I should give you the first. You probably have listened. You better have listened. Real quick, 32, Browns, 31, 49ers, 30, Bears, 29, Bucks, 28, Jets, 27, Titans, 26, Dolphins, 25, Colts, 24, Lions, 23, Jags, 22, Saints, 21, Rams, 20, Redskins, 19, Texans, 18, Chargers, 17, Bills, sorry, I know you won two in a row. 16, Chiefs. That leads us to number 15. And this team at one point was as high as number three on the list. And that is your Super Bowl runner-up, Carolina Panthers. They're not playing very well. They've had a tough slate of games. I mean, Denver, Minnesota, Atlanta. So let's ease up a little bit. Cam has not been healthy at all. I wrote an article recently for The Score talking about how can't ask Cam to be Superman. There are five things wrong with the Panthers right now. I can't ask Cam to be Superman. He can't do it all. The lack of Jonathan Stewart is big, and it always is when he's out. Their tackles aren't good. They've never been good. They've overcome that in the past, but it's a liability right now. Their defensive ends are not getting enough consistent pressure in a team that doesn't blitz a lot and plays a lot of zone. And their secondary is young and flat-out bad. But... If you didn't listen to the first podcast, the first portion of this, what we're doing is because we're at the quarter point, I'm picking one thing to be really optimistic about for your team. And again, if you want more, go to Locked on Panthers and they'll talk tell you more about your guys. Um, Cam's a superstar. Their linebackers are superstars. I think this is a well-coached and well-GM'd team. I think that this will be the low point of the season. So, let's not overreact. Stewart's coming back. You know, Cam, maybe he sits a week or two and then comes back. Who knows? I don't know the information on that right now. He is dealing with a concussion, which is worrisome. But I would expect the Panthers to be a strong team in the second half of the season. Secondary has to improve. I still think they shouldn't have got rid of Josh Norman. But, different story. Giants go from 11 to 14. Strangely, Odell is not doing much, and uh, that's one of the next articles I'm going to write for today's pigskin, and I, I need to look into that more, is what's the story with Odell, and, and I don't have that answer 100%, but I will. 
But I'm also convinced that he will be fine, that he's a tremendous player. So maybe that's the thing to be optimistic about. If you're competitive in your division and you're the 14th team overall in the league, according to Matt Williamson, and Odell's not bringing what he always does with hope that he, you know, with the assumption that he gets back to the level that we know he can play at, that might boost you to be the number one team in your division. I, I think that's very possible. So that's our optimism. I also think the defense has vastly improved. Corner, defensive line. Uh, it's obvious where this team wants to spend their money. Uh, a division rival goes from 16 to 13. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, an obvious thing to get excited about is the combination of now and tomorrow with their current quarterback, running back, rookie situation, both playing very, very well. One was expected to, one was not expected to be in the situation, but Dak Prescott is thriving. Um, but I want, and the other obvious ones, they have the best offensive line in the league. That's something that should keep them highly competitive for years to come. It's a great place to be strong. But I think something to be optimistic about is the secondary. I think the secondary is playing really well overall. I think Jones is going to be a star. You know, I think a lot of us, myself included, looked at this defense and thought, boy, they're really bad on that side of the ball. Um, but the secondary, I think, is fixed. And that's something. You know, they really need to find a pass rush. And I don't think it'll come this year. Um, that'll be an off-season priority, you would think. But I think that's something to be highly optimistic about. The Bengals pretty much have been... Re- 11, as high as 9, as low as 13, they're at 12. What's my one thing to get excited about or be, you know, hang your hat on if you're Cincinnati? And again, if you didn't listen to part one, I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just going off the top of my head here and, and what comes to mind. You know, if I'm a Bengals fan sitting there in the fan stands, what am I excited about now? What am I excited about for the long term? And there's a lot. I mean, obviously... Geno Atkins and A.J. Green are elite, elite players on each side of the ball, and that's probably what I'll go with. But I don't have a wonderful feeling about these guys. I don't know what can happen. All right, here's the thing I'm excited about. Tyler Eifert returns. And you guys have to be sick of me talking about Tyler Eifert. But Eifert returns, and I think that can be a much, much, much needed spark. Relieve a little pressure off Green. Red zone. Eifert's a great player, and you get Eifert back to this offense, now you're cooking. Already has you know good running backs, good line. Dalton's serviceable, if not better. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something to get excited about immediately, and maybe as soon as this week, who knows. Um, I had mentioned that SeatGeek is our sponsor, and I had mentioned in the first podcast that I've become a lot more familiar with them because my buddies... Are are using SeatGeek because it's so mobile friendly. You know they go down to they go down to tailgate, uh, they set it all up on their device. It's a real easy experience when the ticket is delivered right to your app, and then you take the app right to the right to the front gate, and you're in. And the beauty of it though is you can pretty much set your phone to you know however you want. That this is our price alerts. You know they call them the price alerts. You sign up you sign up for the event, and there's a rating on the ticket. And you set up exactly how you want. And when that ticket becomes available, and sometimes they go down in price, they often do, right before kickoff. My buds are in the parking lot having a good time. And whenever a ticket becomes available, boom, it hits their phone. And they use the our promo, the L-O-N-F-L, and they save 20 bucks on their first purchase, which is phenomenal. Each guy did that. 
Um, if the ticket never shows up, you know, if it, if it's something doesn't become available, they go to a local watering hole. If not, it, it comes right to their phone. Boom, they got the ticket at their price, the ticket they want, and boom, they walk right in the stadium. No, you know, no skin off their bone and their neck, and it's a perfect situation. And SeatGeek makes that all happen. So, really good stuff. I, I urge you to check it out. Please use the promo code N or L O N F L. Sticking in the AFC North, I have the Ravens at eleven. My reason for optimism is, first of all, this is a high, high quality organization that knows how to win games, and they. They can muddy the waters with the, with the best of them and play sloppy games, and I think that's exactly what they want. And you know, last year they came up on the short end of the stick on a lot of close games. This year they're coming up on the the high end of the stick on most close games. Um, as you know, I, by my rankings, I think the Raiders are the better team, but the Ravens played them right to the right to the edge here. My thing to get excited about, though, is this rookie class. I, I think Stanley, the left tackle, is entrenched there he missed his past game and he was missed um but i'm really really excited about kenneth dixon and as well as west west played i think the two of them will be a really strong two-headed monster and dixon will eventually surpass him maybe not even eventually quickly especially in the receiving game uh, this this running game could use it this past week was good but um i think dixon will spark this offense quite a bit within the next two or three weeks and then from that point on uh, and I'm also excited about Perryman. Is Perryman going to be on the field consistently and doing what he's physically capable of? Uh, so that's really encouraging. A couple of things on the horizon for for Baltimore. And, and I'm a Flacco fan. I, mean, I think Flacco's a good quarterback. I got the Cardinals all the way down to 10. It's trouble right now. You know, there's... What am I excited about? There's a lot of bad things going on in Arizona right now. But I do think they're still very much a contender. They're not going to go away. Uh, I feel like Bruce Arians, maybe more than any coach in the league, took the uh, preseason less serious in terms of starters and winning games and you know, playing time. Uh, and maybe they're you know, dealing with that a little bit now that this is sort of their preseason. They're not as ready as everybody else. Really excited about Chandler Jones. That addition is certainly working out well. Uh, and I'm really excited that John Brown looks like he's back to being in full health, and played a lot of snaps this past week. Highly dynamic player. I think that's really good news for these guys. So that, that's one to get excited about. Falcons I have at 9. Uh, they were low at one point. I mean, they're moving from 15 to 9. Highly, highly impressive victory, no question. Uh, the thing I'm not excited about for the Falcons are these next two games. Holy smokes. Um, and I do think they'll come back to earth, and I think the Panthers will catch them in the division after these next two weeks. Uh, so that's not exactly what we're after with in terms of encouragement. But clearly the, the thing to be encouraged about here is they're a lot better on offense. They're vastly improved on that side of the ball. Coaching has a lot to do with it. You know, adding Alex Mack, adding Sanu. Uh, Ryan is certainly more comfortable. Julio's a total stud. This is a legitimate top type of offense. That's a lot to get excited about. I mean, there are going to be a lot of shootouts. Got the Raiders at 8 they went from 20 to 14 to 8, mostly based on their defense getting better and better. Smith is playing better. Joseph in the lineup has infused a lot of physicality, explosiveness, range, athleticism, much needed. And the whole group as a, as a whole is meshing better together. Carr's been highly steady. 
Um, Crabtree's been good. DeAndre Washington is showing up more and more. The offensive line is um, really good. So I think the thing to get excited about with the Raiders is kind of all the above. That the clearly, unlike Jacksonville, you know, the, the, these two teams are sort of similar. They, they went crazy these past two off seasons, rebuilding with a lot of cap room, a lot of picks. I think it's pretty clear that the arrow is going up with the Raiders and that they're now a team to reckon with. It's been a long time, so you could say that. Are the Eagles a team to reckon with? I still have them at seven. Highly impressive, of course, through three weeks. They've only played three games. Wentz looks like a total keeper, and I think he's going to be a star. Defense is really, really good, and I don't think that's a mirage. You know, guys like Malcolm Jenkins are really good players, and Cox, and Graham, and they're going to be really good on defense for the rest of the year. So there's, again, okay, I'm going to take the same approach here. What am I excited about for the Eagles? Everything. <laughs> you know, I think even the most optimistic of Eagles fans looked at the season before it started when you trade Bradford, you insert Wentz, and say, okay, this is a rebuild year. We'll probably win five, six, if we get a couple bounces, seven games, get another infusion of you know draft picks and things this offseason and then in Carson's second year maybe we'll be competitive in a you know average division well they're certainly better than that they're really well coached uh, you know him and Zimmer are probably at the top of the list Peterson and Zimmer at the top of the list for coach of the year candidates a lot to get excited about here so I mean it's hard to find things not to get excited about right now in Philadelphia Packers pretty much stay the same. They're at six. They also had a bye. Both these teams had a bye. What am I excited about in Green Bay? A lot. You know, <laughs> uh, and I think Jordy's coming back. I think the defense is quite good. I can take the easy road here and say they have Aaron Rodgers. That's enough to get excited about. And he's kept them extremely relevant and at the top of the heap here for a very long time. What do I have to get super excited about going forward, though? Nothing's jumping off the page for this team, you know. I, but I'm also not ha- not looking at it and saying, "Boy, there's a lot of weaknesses." Either. I mean, I, I think that's it. They're just so stable, you know. And that goes back to the GM. I don't love the coach, but we'll talk about that some other day. Um, you know, quarterback. I think masks a lot of problems with coaching with scheme, but it has for a long time. Uh, they're a team that's hard to find weaknesses with. Highly stable, shouldn't be going away anytime soon. That's (laughs) about every team that we've talked about since then would kill for these situations. So that's obviously something to be very excited about. Uh, The Steelers are next after a very big win. I do think their loss in Philadelphia was fluky. Uh, their thing to get excited about in the future just really happened. Le'Veon Bell came back in a big way, and that's big. Um, I think the young secondary has a lot of promise. I think Burns, the first-round pick, is coming along much faster than I expected. I think Davis is going to be a quality player. Ross Cockrell's a good corner. I mean, it's amazing. He got him off the scrap heap, and and he's been a high-quality corner for them. William Gay can move down the, the, the list a little if Burns is a hit. So I think the secondary, I'm not going to say it's fixed. I mean, it's certainly not um, Rod Woodson or <laughs> Troy Polamalu or Mel Blunt, you know, but I think it's come a long way and it's not something you can just immediately think of the Steelers and say, boy, their secondary stinks. And, you know, their pass defense has not been great this year, 
But I do think you look on the horizon, the arrows pointing up with the secondary, and a lot of that revolves around Burns, and to a lesser degree, the second-round pick Davis. Vikings are at four. Everything to be excited about here right now. I mean, I think Bradford's the real deal. I think my concern with the Vikings, and I urge you to check out an article I wrote, is, you know, there's, I said over and over, there's only two good guys on offense, Diggs and Bradford. And I was maybe even jumping to a little conclusion with Bradford at that point. This was two weeks or so ago. Or so ago. Um, but the interior of the offensive line is really coming around. Kyle Rudolph is having a very good year and has developed a rapport with Bradford. I'm excited about McKinnon. And here's the real wild card, and this might be super-duper wishful thinking, but what if Corderell Patterson or Laquan, Tre- Laquan Treadwell are forces? And Treadwell, I think, has a better chance to be. I mean, if, by, if the second half of the season, he's on the field all the time, opposite digs, showing the promise that all of us saw coming out of school, highly competitive Michael Irvin-type player that fits this persona, this head coach, this running scheme, this town extremely well, I could see that being a case. I mean, I could see him being the X factor. Patterson's intriguing, too, just because we saw so much of him this past week. But he's super talented. Um, Vikes are really good. Vikes are really, really hard to play against. They're very well coached. And, uh, you know, big picture, I don't see them going away in the next couple of years. I think Bradford's the starter there. Sorry, Teddy. You know, but going forward, it has to be his team. And I think Paxton Lynch is a starter in Denver. Maybe as soon as this week or next week. But I think he is going to have a very, very good career. Very promising. I think he'll pass Simeon like the roadrunner. You know, will buzz right past him in no time. Perfect system fit. Obviously, the defense is in place. But the thing to get excited about for me with Denver is Paxton Lynch. And I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm trying to curb my enthusiasm. Great, great show, by the way. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. But I love him. I, I think Lynch, I like him more now than I liked him coming out of school. I like his situation a ton. I think that this is the staff and the group to get the most out of him. And I don't think they'll rush him. Two former quarterbacks in Elway and Kubiak that will bring him along the right way. Great tutelage. Two really good weapons for him to throw to. You know, not a ton asked of him because of the defense. The offensive line's better. The running game's better. So I'm really excited about Paxton Lynch. So that, that's a big thing to get excited about. Get excited about a quarterback you've hardly seen for a team that's a Super Bowl champion and has an elite defense. That's pretty encouraging. Two more teams. I'm sure you figured out who they are by now. Seattle at two. They easily could be at one. Really jumping on board the Seattle train right now. Offensive line is getting better, as it usually does. Jimmy Graham. Two back-to-back 100-yard games. Wilson, even with a bad ankle, not highly mobile anymore, but he's playing from the pocket, and he showed last year that that's where he's at his best, and all the improv stuff is wonderful. It's window dressing. But when he plays from the pocket on rhythm and timing and getting it out, they're really hard to beat, and Wilson's playing very, very well. In a way, I think that is a blessing in disguise. Uh, The pickup Spiller, Great. Throw him in the mix. Michael's already been really good. I still think that Lockett can be a major factor once he gets healthy, but they don't have to rush him back. They have that kind of luxury. And elite defense, of course. So when I look at Seahawks, what to get excited about is I like their chances a lot of winning the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I think they are an elite football team. Easily could have put them at one, especially after the Patriots just lost. But I don't really care about that loss. They're three and one without Tom Brady. They had their third string quarterback in. Gronk is a shell of himself. I do worry about Gronk. Is Gronk ever going to be back? Uh, can, should they sit him a couple weeks? What's going on with that? Is that going to linger? But they get Tom Brady back. They get Tom Brady back. They might get Deion Lewis back later in the year. You know, the defense is already really good. Obviously, they're really well coached. Um, it would shock me, and with all respect to Denver, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, it would shock me as we stand right now if we don't see a Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl again. I really think these two are the class of the or- class organizations, the, the class of the NFL. Um, really good, really good. You know, really well coached. Uh, they all have plans in place, top quarterbacks. So that's what you get excited about. <laughs> you know, what's there to get excited about in New England? Yeah, we might be the best team in the league. What's there to get excited about in Seattle? Yeah, we're probably the best team in the league. You know, that we're on a con- collision course as it stands right now. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that this is a done deal. These guys are going to meet in the Super Bowl. There's a lot of a lot of football left. A lot of bad things could happen to both. But I think they're the best two teams in the league. And history shows that I'm probably not too far off. You know, so so that is going to do it. Please check out SeatGeek. Please check out the rest of the Locked On Network. You got the uh, the double feature today, and I'm going to go hit Best Buy here and try to get a new mic because this one is not doing what it's supposed to do, and hopefully that's a problem so I can put this all into one format as usual, but that's not your problem. So I figured I'd give you a double dose, and all well. So tomorrow, tomorrow from now on, Thursdays from now on, I know Thursdays has been our least listened to show, but we're going to change that up because we are going to not only preview the Thursday game, but it's going to be Twitter Thursday again. And I know a lot of you guys like that. Drop me a line at Williamson NFL with any question you want. And I will read your name, Joe Blow from Susquehanna, and read your question and answer it to the best of my abilities. And you and I will have a chat for another half hour or so tomorrow. And in addition to previewing the Thursday night game. And I think that's something we should do every Thursday. You know, the, a little more interaction from you guys. Um, people were highly receptive of that idea a week ago. And again, I'm still sort of new here, so I'm feeling my way. I'm used to having a producer and people that just do all these things for me. I'm just the talent. But anyways, uh, this is good stuff. I, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. And here comes breaking news for my people at The Score. By the way, if you don't have the the app, The Score, it's the best one out there. Bears former first-round pick, Kevin White is being placed on injured reserve with a broken bone in his leg. Ooh. Real ooh. You know, uh, he really did not look so good this year. And this is disheartening. You know, you didn't get anything from him his rookie year. Ooh, not a lot of good news surrounding the Bears. You would have loved to get a full year out of White to, for big picture to get his you know, to get his maturation moving along in the right direction. And it sure seems like he's a long way away. And, you know, how many how many great players have started their first two seasons playing, what, four combined games that weren't impressive and spending the rest of the, those two seasons injured and then bouncing back and taking the league by storm? Uh, man, that's a worry. You know, Alshon Jeffrey's a free agent at the end of the year again. All of a sudden, does is wide receiver a big need for the Bears, too? It could be. It could be. Yeah, and they're not hurting for needs. Secondary, quarterback, 
tackle receivers. Who? Bad news. Hate to see it. Well, all right, guys. We will get back together tomorrow. Take care.